Our love is God. Let's go get a slushie. about was before you first moved into Spring Street. Now, when you went into McLean's, it was so much so much crazy stuff happened after that that I always assumed when, when he went away, you would think you would know, like, you, you know, your brother goes away, he's in the system for a while at that, that young age, that you would know exactly why. But our family, there's so much crazy shit going on. Uh, so it came to me. I'm like, I have no idea why you ever did go into McLean. We always talk about McLean's and some of the other stuff. I'm like, what precipitated you going in? And he told me this story and I'm like, how did I, how do I not know this story? And how did I never know that that's what sent, got you sent away? Because you were three years younger and I was 12. I know, but after that, like all through my whole life until last year when we were driving up New Hampshire to put together that couch and you told me the story, you you know, like it it was an incident in Brown, right? Yeah. (laughs) Like, well, you know, it was, 1978, and we talk about McLean's, it's McLean's Hospital in Belmont. That Back then, it was the premier hospital. It was 1978, and I think it was right when insurance companies started paying for kids to get inpatient treatment, and I really think my family used it as like, oh, fuck, this would be great to keep him somewhere where he can live for a while. If I'm looking back at it, you know what I mean? I'm like, there's no real reason for me to go there. I mean, I was a wild child. I was fucking out of my mind. But I think if I hadn't gone there, I'd probably be normal like you, Mick. <laughs> You'd be as normal as I am what's when I'm no, not that. What's normal? Yeah, right? I guess I am that different from you, at least, you know. So it's like, you know, your father's beating the brakes off you every fucking day. He's fucking the next door neighbor. I mean, I'm, I'm in the backseat of my mother's car. She's smashing his car up. There was so much shit that went on by the time we were 11. You know what I mean? So I just turned 12 years old in November, and things were just fucking crazy. He had finally left the house, and it's like, when someone's been beating the fuck out of you forever, and they leave the house, now it's like, it's a party. We can do whatever the fuck we want. Yeah. So I was. And school wasn't my forte, so we were skipping. I think, I want to say, I think it was Olivia that found my fucking report card. And she goes, don't you ever talk to me about getting up, having a hard time getting up. You had 75 absences in one year. I'm like, like, well, I really didn't go that year. So the long story short of it is, it's like they pulled me into Mr. Courtney or Mr. Wright's office. And they're like, we think you need special needs classes. You guys remember Mr. Berger from Brown? Mr. Berger in the small room on the basement near the wood shop. Yeah, Yeah, I do remember Mr. Berger. They go, well, we're going to put you in Mr. Berger's classes. And I think it was Mr. Courtney. Remember, He was like, well, the way you're acting, you're pretty retarded to me. You belong in the classes. And I'm like, fuck, yeah, Yeah. snap it in. I'm like, fuck you. I don't know what I did. And fucking, I think I threw something at Mr. Wright. He was the assistant principal at the time. Ran out of the office. Go to my next class. I grabbed Justine in the hallway and I told her what happened. I'm like, let's get the fuck out of here. Let's skip all our classes. So we go up into the the gym and it had that wall of bleachers and then yeah. you go up top and it had doors in the back that went downstairs. Yeah. So we're hanging up there and I go, I'm going to go take a walk. It was, it was underneath the cafeteria, right? Yes. Yep. Yeah. And yeah. the gym, uh, Mr. Greeley's office yeah. was in the back and he had the cages in his office. It was yeah. fucking weird. I'm sure he had cages in his office. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, Lou in taxi. <laughs> Wearing a white, rubber, look, a white rubber thong and inside the cage while he's in there. Oh, he's yeah. a little bigger than Lou now. He's still alive. He lives in Maplewood Square. Oh. So 
me and Justine go up there. We, we said, let's get our classes up here. So I said, I'm going to take a walk. I'm walking through the gym and I find a pool stick, one of those screw together pool sticks. So I unscrew it and I take the thick end because I'm a genius. <laughs> and I'm walking down the hall and I think it was Mr. C. Royce. Yeah. And he's like, oh, young man, where are you going? And that guy tortured me in fucking class. So I just ran over and blasted him in the head with the fucking pool <laughs> stick, took off down the hall, ran back into the gym, told Justine. Yeah. She's like, no, you didn't. She didn't believe anything I was saying. Yeah. We sat there, get to the class, bell rings, new class starts. I'm sure they assumed I ran out of the school. Now I start cruising the hallways again. I see Mr. Berger. <laughs> yeah. You know where that went. Your new teacher. <laughs> yeah, my new teacher. Where are you knock, going? Knock some IQ points out. Yeah. So I tried to make him a special needs student, but that didn't work. I didn't knock him out. He was he was probably about my size at 12. Yeah. <laughs> he wasn't a big fucking guy. Yeah. Took off, told Justine. This went on for three periods. I think I, then I whacked the female gym teacher. <laughs> and they came in for gym and I grabbed that. They had the ropes. Yeah. I yeah. got on the ropes and I swung down through the gym and two footed her. <laughs> You're in the like fucking, Batman. I two footed her in the chest. She's like, get off the ropes, get off the ropes. She thinks she has no clue what's been going on. And she tried to stop me. Like I'm 12 years old. I probably oh, tried to stop you swinging, yeah. like try to get in the yeah. way and like try to. Yeah. yeah. But I weigh like 98 pounds and you know, inertia. <laughs> She kind of went backwards. I got off and I run. I tell Justine, you wouldn't believe what I just did. She goes, oh, okay. <laughs> so the fourth time I go to try and run, I go down the back stairs. And when I get down the back stairs, it's like four Malden cops in the stairs. They're like, let's go, Jeffrey. Come on, come on. Time to go. And I'm like, fuck you guys. I turn around and I see three teachers behind me and maybe a cop. I'm not even sure. And I'm like, no way out of this. So I jump into the pile thinking it's fuck. I, th I think it's funny. You know what I mean? I'm 12 years old. Not that it's harmless bullshit. If you did that now, they'd think you were a school shooter. Yeah. But I jump into the pile. They drag, go to drag me to the police station. I'm like, like, wait, grab my sister. She's up in the fucking, up in the top in the bleachers. They go up and they grab her. Justine, let's go. They take us both to the police station. I'm in the police station. The guy's like, sit down. And I, I get on the floor like a dog thinking I'm funny. I'm like, arf, arf. I'm barking and shit. <laughs> me and Justine are laughing our balls off. This is fucking funny. Well, they take Justine and take her home. They're like, we got someplace for you, kid. They didn't know what to do with me. I know I can't go back to school. I can't go back to my mother's house because they, we were in the middle of losing our house anyways because all the pipes burst and fucking yeah. the house flooded. You, Justine, and Tracy, I think, went to Daddy and Billy's house two doors down. Yeah. Jamie went to live in Fred Bazona's basement. At, he was like, if I was 12, he was 14. He went to live in his buddy's basement because he had no place to live. Yeah. And they let me go stay with my Aunt Janice for like two days. And I'm like, so what am I doing here? She had, what, six kids? Yeah, six, yep. And I remember the second day she's crying and I'm like, what's the matter? She's like, I just wish I had the room for you. I wish I had the room for you. And I'm like, why is this lady fucking crying? I don't care. I mean, I'll, I'm going to go home. And <laughs> I remember my mother picking me up and she's like, yeah, we're going to go. You're going to go stay at my mother's house. My grandmother lived in Littleton. I'm like, okay. We get in the car, we're driving and we pull up to McLean's hospital. I didn't know it was a hospital. We just pulled in and, uh, she gets out, grabs a bag, starts walking with me. I'm like, what are we doing here? She's like, I need to drop something off. <laughs> Rings the doorbell. The door opens, and they're like, Mrs. Donahue, because that was still her name. She's like, yes. She's like, are you, you're Jeffrey? I'm like, yeah. Okay, come on in. I walk in the door. She hands on my bag and as the door shut, and she's like, I'm sorry. I'm like, what do you mean? Uh, that was it. Yeah. I was in strip search, and three and a half months later, I'm still in McLean's. So I, I was Valentine's Day. I went in. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I remember that. I remember that. It was and around got, that time. Yeah, and I got out on May 19th and went to, at that time, they sent me to live with my grandmother. That's a whole other story. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. They the shit living that went with my grandmother and aunt must have been a nightmare. Just visiting them was a nightmare, yeah. so. The thing, the thing that pissed me off is like, we're all fucking parents here, except for Phil. He's probably got nine kids he doesn't know of. But it's like, <laughs> no if comment. something was going on with your kid, you would do whatever you could to fucking help him. They walked me in there, shut the door, and no, neither one of them ever came and visited. They, I, I have the court papers. My father was like, I, I couldn't see him like that, so I didn't go up and see him. I was there once. So yeah, someone I think had Grammy brought you up. Okay. Someone brought me up because I remember the, the, the standing wood closets and stuff like the, you know, they didn't go up to the ceiling. They yeah. just kind of cordoned off like an area a little bit. Yeah. And they had this thing called, uh, they had quiet rooms there. So if you acted up, one was a square one. I actually have pictures of my phone because we broke in after they closed it down. They closed the children's center down. And What's and, there now? Because the facility's still oh, there. Oh, it's still there, but they closed the children's center. It was fucking, it was a hellhole. It was one big cement building with like, like. You would cut a kickball in half. And put I, half I drive the by it once a week when I go to rehearsal in uh, Waltham. Yeah. I go right by the bottom of the hill of it. It was fucking crazy. It was absolutely crazy. There was kids in there that put guns in their father's face, burn houses down. There was some really fucked up kids in there. I was fucked up, but I think I was just really hyperactive and they didn't know how to deal with it. So, okay, insurance is going to pay for it. Drop them the fuck off. You know what I mean? And I learned a lot of good tricks in there and spent a lot of days in the quiet room. You act up, they lock you in the room. You act up more, they strap you to a bed. It's called four points. You act up more, then they hit you with the Thorazine in the ass and you take a little nappy nap. Do they at least tickle you while you're in the four points? No, No, I don't. I never got tickled in four points, but I, I made it a habit of trying to fight staff members. I'm, I have the, I, I, I will let all three of you read the paperwork. I have it at my house. I was on Melaril, Thor- Thorazine, all sorts of shit. But uh, I mean, in the report, it just talks about how inappropriate I was. <laughs> it said, watch his feet. He likes to fight and kick people. So I, I would just like charge staff members. And they were probably college kids doing like an internship. Hey, uh, all right, I'll watch these kids. And yeah. they'd just beat the brakes off you and strap you to a bed. It was good times, good yeah. times. Yeah, that four points was something that it was one thing I knew that would really get him mad. So whenever he would be giving me a beating... Not whenever, but every once in a while when it was a real beat, <laughs> I'd just yell four points in his face. When He's like over me. I'm on the bed. He's over me beating me up. And I'm just like, four points. And I'm like, why'd I do that? His eyes would kind of glaze over. And it would be like it would be like uh, nitrous on a car all of a sudden. I'm oh, like, ah. But it was the only way I could hurt him. I'm yeah, like, I, okay. I mean, I can laugh about it now, but looking back, you're like, you're a 12-year-old kid. You're strapped to a bed for fucking five hours, like hands and legs on your stomach. And then to fuck with him, you'd like start pretending you're biting yourself and shit just to get attention. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or, or when they'd put you in the room, you'd st- it would just a round room or a square room or a triangle room. They had three of them. And I've, I'll show you guys the pictures after this. They'd put you in the room, shut the door, and they'd keep every 10 minutes to come and fucking pair at you. So I'd put my mattress up against the door. And they'd tell you three, four times, take the mattress down, and we'll come in, take the mattress down. Then they'd set up the four-point bed in another room. And then they'd rush the door, and I'd just be like, let's fuck. I'd, I'd try and fight them all, you know what I mean? I was like a rabid animal, and I was fucking tiny. 100 pounds, five foot fucking two, maybe, you know what I mean? So that's when it was just like off to the fucking races. And from then, it just got progressively worse So I was about 24. When you think about yeah. it, right? So that's 1978? 78, yeah. So when you think about oh, well, it, 79, that's just the, like the first of the year. No, 78. Yeah. 78. I'm sorry. So yeah. that's only like, 
that's only 30 years after they were still doing frontal lobotomies. Mm-hmm. Think about that. So they didn't know what the fuck to do with anybody. No, no, they didn't. There was you a know? book written about McLean's and the, the, yeah. their, their questionable treatments of teenagers in that time period. And I was in that book. Yeah. So, I mean, I get it. Kind of get it why they did it. And, I, and you know, I harbored animosity till I was, what, like fucking 30. Finally got to the point I was so self-destructive. I'm like, once, believe it or not, once I found out I was having my son, I'm like, this isn't about me anymore. You got to smarten the fuck up. But I got to tell you, if I didn't have him, I was on a surefire path to either be in prison for the rest of my life or kill somebody or kill myself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm. There was definitely times where it seemed like that. Yeah. You know, that I remember specifically. Yeah. There was Danvers State Hospital, Med State fucking hospital, foster homes. Yeah. That was all in that. That was like a slew of places that you had to go to before you came back to Spring Street. Yeah. It was like a three-year fucking tour. And then I came back one grade higher (laughs) because I left in seventh grade. Yeah. And I came back in eighth grade and they sent me to BB. They, after like fucking two months, they were like, get this fucking kid out of our school. Lincoln said, no, we're not taking him. And it's right when they opened the challenge school in Malden. Oh, yeah. Right. And the challenge school was for challenged kids. <laughs> They're like, hell fucking no. Wouldn't even let me <laughs> that's, challenge That's exactly school. who we need here. And my mother said, you either put him in a school or I'm suing the city. I had to go back to Brown Junior High three years later, one grade higher. I stayed back in seventh, eighth, and ninth. Yeah, you met in the middle. Yeah. Somehow. And, of course, I get back home, and it's like my mother just bought the house on Spring Street. It's like home. So I show up in Malden, back with my family, two, three years later, like, with some pretty good fucking stories. And where does he land? In a fucking rooming house in Malden. It's like fertile ground for all those things to take root. And I'm 15 years old, and I've been fighting grown men for fucking three years. I'm like, I like this place. (laughs) You know what I mean? Lots of grown men with dumb things to say. In evictions that have to be executed, you know. I mean, there was. I mean, I don't know what you remember when you first came there, but I, I mean, still- I re- I remember when you first came there, like you were still in a state. Yeah. Because I remember that second floor bathroom. You punched the mirror out, and there was blood everywhere. Yeah. Look at the finger. That's the finger that was hanging yeah, off. It always had that. I yeah. looked at myself in the mirror. I came home. I was just staring at myself, and I was like, smashed the mirror. My finger was fucking hanging off. Ugh. And I ran down the fucking street. I'm like, I'm out of here. I yeah, was just, I, I was that. fucking, I was fit to be tied. You know, I look at it now. I was thinking about this the other day. Like when people get in fights and you look at somebody you're like, you know, that guy's going to fuck me up. The problem with me is when I get mad, I don't think at all. <laughs> I just start smiling. I'm like, let's fucking get it on. I don't think <laughs> this guy's probably going to break my arm. I could get shot. I'm, I'll be cutting people off. Trying to fucking get them out of their cars. Yeah. Back in the day, I mean, I don't. I'm on medication now, so it's real good. <laughs> and I look at it and say, man, I never had any fear. It's not fear of losing because I never thought in my head I could lose. I'm like, I don't give a flying fuck. I would just look at someone and be like, fucking, let's do this. You know what I mean? <laughs> I didn't have. I never ever had the fear of getting hurt because I didn't look at it like that. I would just look at it like, let's fucking go. I like the switch goes off in your head and you look at someone and it's not like, oh man, he's six foot three. I'm just like, I never in my head think I can lose. And that's a fucking bad trait to have. Yeah, but, it is, I would say. Yeah. But it's also one that when you run across it, its size doesn't matter. And- yeah. And the fucked up thing is, um, I'll be 56 in what, a week? 
week and a half. I've yeah. never lost a fucking fight in my life. And that's fucked up. And my wife says it all the time. She goes, it's going to come. Because <laughs> she's been with me and shit's gone sideways. I've knocked people out in front of my wife. I've fucking run people off the road with her in the car. I've done some fucked up shit with her. And she's like, someday you're going to meet this motherfucker. I said, you know, I'm going to go out. I'm going to get shot by like a 14-year-old kid in the train station over like a toll fare. He missed. I got a quarter fuck off, kid, and he's going to shoot me in the face. Oh. You know what I mean? I'm not going to die in battle. It's just going to be, I'm just going to be like a worthless fucking ticket in someone's belt. <laughs> yeah. Probably when you're in an old age. Yeah. Home. It's hard to understand. It's hard to explain, but also hard to fucking reel it in when someone says something stupid to you and you're like, in my head, I'm like, oh man, are you worth fucking prison? Yeah, are you? Yeah, especially you know now. I mean? You never got bit by the fighting bug, huh? No, I I had some fights, but no, no, I didn't. I I tried a few things on for size that my brothers did, and quickly realized it it wasn't me, as you do when you're you know when you're a kid. If you're like most kids, and impressionable, but not realizing whether you talk to your brothers or not. Like my older brother Jamie hated he hated all of us growing up, and he's apologized a hundred times. He's like, I should have been a bad brother, but he was put in a fucking tough spot. Yeah, you know what I mean. He's trying to. <laughs> he's trying to well he was out of control too. oh he was out of control too but he's like trying to add it all up in his head like i have to be the head of the family but i, I also have to protect them but to protect them i have to try and keep them on the straight path so i have to be an asshole it's a tough fucking spot to be in you know what i mean yeah i just he, he was in a tough spot <laughs> yeah he was and it you know you look at it now and he's still very straightforward but it's like, for us, he was more like trying to be a protector, a father, the policeman of the house in Motel Hell. And, yeah. you know, he had a lot of roles. Even when he moved out, he moved fucking one house away. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. There was one house in between us. And he was down there banging people out just like, but he would get mad at us. You can't do this. It's like, he knew it was wrong, but he was doing the same thing, but he was trying to be the father figure. And I've had conversations with him. He's like, I, I just, I really feel bad about the way I treated you guys. Like, I'll tell you what, if he didn't treat us like that. I can tell you, I probably would have taken a whole different fucking path. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can't pull that, yeah. that ball of yarn apart yeah. and, and think that you can remove one thing and yeah. maintain the structure. Right. You know? Well, you guys were like oil and water sometimes too, because I remember oh, yeah. there was the blood on the walls in the hallway that was there for quite a few years. And, and people would ask, who's, who's, blood is that on the wall when they would come in and they're like my brothers yeah <laughs> just sprayed on the wall that was the last real fight we had yeah that was that was and i'll say it if you're listening jamie that's when you realize you couldn't beat me anymore <laughs> so he stuck a screwdriver in his head and then, <laughs> oh, yes, and then jeffrey was inside the house and jamie was locked outside the house no 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 they no. were walking around wasn't he walking around outside oh, like no. and you were inside no that story he was in his room okay and I don't know what the fuck happened with him and mom, but he kept turning the stereo up and she was banging on his door. Turn your fucking stereo down. It was like a Monday afternoon at three o'clock. She's kicking his door. He wouldn't open it, kicking his door. So she goes, I'm calling the police. And she goes to go downstairs. And I think this is a great opportunity for me to kick the door. As I'm kicking the door, he's opening the door. So oh. I fucking kick it, boom, right in his fucking face. He's like, oh, you motherfucker. Boy. I run down the stairs. Before the wall was there, remember the wall that we built? Mm -hmm. I run around and I hear, hey! I look up and all I saw was his arm like up in the air and he, like he was throwing something. I go to run in the house. I felt something hit me in the head. I thought he threw a fucking, a, I don't know what he thought he threw at me, but 
I walk in the house. My mother's like, oh my God, I got a fucking screwdriver sticking out of the top of my head. Not a small screwdriver, not like a Phillips this big. It was like a, a flathead screwdriver that was about eight inches long, but it hit me here and it like stuck under my skin, like an inch in the back of my scalp. Oh, fuck. <laughs> my mother's like, oh my God, he stabbed you in the head. I'm like, ah. I didn't know what to do. She you can't calls. even see it. It's like, oh. Trying to get something off you. Now, this is three o'clock in the afternoon on a fucking Monday. She calls the fucking cop. My son just stabbed my other son. He didn't stab me through the fucking thing. So I go in That's the house, a good I'm, throw, man. I'm like, yeah, oh, it is. Bunk. I had a, I pulled it out of my head. I had a fucking knot in the top of my head for like 10 years before it was before between it went away. the banister and the wall. It was like this yeah. much space. Great. Like curved railing that went like that <laughs> right of, down think, to the front. Think hall. of the odds, though. How many times you would throw a screwdriver like that and like the butt would hit you? Or, oh. you Why? How, many, well, how many times have you thrown fucking screwdrivers at people? What's a going couple, on here? Couple, couple <laughs> I've three. never done that. But I got to tell you, it was a great fucking shot. And I got my justice because about 15 cops showed up. So think of it this up. way. If you, oh. were th- if you were taking a knife and throwing it at a, at a board, yeah. how many times would you get it to stick with exactly. the blade right. yeah well, one, guess, one out of 50 yeah i guess yeah. i was his board <laughs> well, I, I i was gonna ask about this too because is this when he fought all those cops oh yeah the, oh i didn't know that was the same all day the same that makes day. sense she calls the fucking cops and once they hear the address they show up like fucking 10 deep and they're talking to my mother and he stabbed him in the head he's upstairs in his room all he had on was jean shorts on like like frayed cut off Jim Morrison jorts <laughs> and they're banging on his door. Jim, we want to talk. And I'm up in the hallway and he finally opens the door and he just starts fucking fighting. Next thing you know, he fucking pushes the cop. The guy goes fucking rolling down the stairs. And I remember Rocky Brooks was there and he was a big fucking cat. Yeah. But he was bow-legged. He was like, he goes, I couldn't walk, but if I got my fucking hands on you. Yeah, yeah. And he turns around. I, I remember him pointing at me, you stay out of it. And they just started bundling him. They drag him down the fucking stairs. They're punching him, punching him. They get him in the cruiser. They handcuff him, put him in the cruiser, and they're all out there talking. And I don't know how the fuck he did it. He got the fucking, <laughs> the, the back door open. Oh, and he's shit. trying to run down the street in handcuffs with shorts on. And I oh, remember this man. cop just fucking threw his either... I think he threw his billy club. I'm not sure. Uh-huh. And it caught him right in the fucking legs, and he took this nosedive. Oh, like, my God. Skidding on his face. They <laughs> stuff him in the car. They fucking take him there. I got to go to court the next day with my mother because they wouldn't bail him out. And <laughs> I get caught, and the judge, my mother's like, it was just a fight between two brothers. And, you know, she's do- finally doing the motherly thing after she called the cops on him. <laughs> like, why the fuck do you call your cops on, call the cops on your kids? You never even called them on the tenants that are shooting up upstairs. <laughs> So he stand. They call his name, and in Malden Court, you get the the dugout. I call it. You get down below, and they call yeah. your name. You get to stand up. Yeah, yeah. Then like James Donahue, he stands up, and he's got the biggest fucking black eye I've ever seen <laughs> in my life. And he's got road rash on his face, his shoulders, his back. It's like when Ackroyd comes out of the cell in trading places. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very different from the way he went in. Only tenfold. And my mother's like, it was just two brothers. I mean, they, the, the judge is like, well, we don't have to go any further than this. You don't want to press charges. I'm like, no, you're on. I don't want to press charges. I'm 15 fucking years old. 
He gets out, and I'm like, yeah, my boys gave you a beating, huh? <laughs> like, he got, the best beating he ever got was because he fucking threw that screwdriver at my head. <laughs> I remember him on the lawn with the cops. Oh, yeah. I heard they it They were the battling. They were the battling. T- yeah, I remember them getting on the lawn, and that's when he really started He's got to a lose. sick fucking hook, I'll tell you that. I've seen him knock a lot of motherfuckers out with that thing. <laughs> I mean, I, I saw him that day. He, they, he was still, until they got him on the lawn, and more showed up. Oh, when they yeah. got him out of the house, there was people pulling up, and that was, you know, that was game over at that point. Mm. And when we lived in Linden, they called him the no-cry boy. They yeah. would, like, chase him down, four or five of them, try and beat him to get him to cry. <laughs> Just, hey, he felt no pain, man. I remember pulling in the driveway one night with Mummy. And I don't know who the fuck he was fighting. He was like 18 years old and he's on the ground and this guy's just fucking on top of him, punching him in the fucking head. I get out of the car. I, go, ah, I run over to the wood pile. I grab a log. And as I'm running over to smash this guy in the face, I hear Jamie go, leave him alone. <laughs> so I just stop. I'm in shock. Yeah. He let, I, I think the kid, it was Ron. Oh, I can't think of his fucking name. Jamie will know his name. The guy's punching him, punching him till he ties himself out. The guy stands up. He's like, yeah, you like that? Jamie gets up. He's like, you fucking tired? (laughs) And just fucking knocks the guy out. I'm like, what the fuck? He goes, don't ever jump in when I'm fighting. I'm like, you could fucking hit him and hit him and hit him. And then he'd just take it, take it, take it. Wait till you tie her out and just fucking... So oh, when you man. say Linden, is that Claremont? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 34 Claremont. Yeah, 34 Claremont. Right next to the creek. Yeah, three, yeah, yeah. 322-4857. Yeah. Claremont Street was where you pissed on Mr. McKay's head, right? The yes. truant officer. He had a, a Volvo wagon. And remember the commercials back in the day? A Volvo. Boxy, but safe. <laughs> Perfect <laughs> for have, a truant officer. Did he have the... the uh, What's the model? The DL? The, the 240 yeah, DL. The 240 yeah, it was like, DL. And it yeah. was shit brown. Uh, and he looked like, I can't think of that fucking old cop show with the short fat guy with the comb over. Oh, yeah. Fish. Always, always wore a suit. But I feel he said, like it's Barney Miller. or It's definitely a Barney Miller thing, I think. But this guy was like fucking five foot three, fucking fat. And he, I remember it was Jamie, John Moffat, I think Sean Sullivan and somebody else. He goes, hey, it's National Skip Day. You're not going to school. I'm like, I haven't gone to school in a fucking week. <laughs> Dude, I'm down. <laughs> but at this I'm time, I'm, I'm 11 years old. We're still on Claremont Street. This is before McLean's. I was skipping school back then, too, though. Yeah, so they're like 13 or 14, and they got mini bikes, and John Moffat's trying to start it. And I remember he's like, I think we're out of gas. And he had a gas can, like a, an empty milk jug full of gas. Yeah. And they're all out, and Jamie goes, you should light the fucking thing up. He puts this lighter in front of the fucking gallon thing and jamie stomps on it and all the flames the fumes come shooting out <laughs> like fucking burn ah you burnt my arm so he's fucking driving driving all of a sudden the tune officer pulls up we all run to the house and i remember he's talking to jamie and john moffat and sean sullivan he's like you fucking kids are shitheads you're a bunch of fucking idiots and he's like you gotta go to school and i'm like i gotta go to the bathroom i'll be right back and you remember claymont street you'd walk <laughs> yeah. in go up the stairs out the roof yeah. he's standing on our front porch and I, I, I can show you things from text from John Moffat that sends me, goes, remember when you peed on Mr. McKay's head? <laughs> and I went up on the fucking roof and I started peeing on the roof. And then I go, hey, remember I'm a shithead? And he looked up and I just started peeing over all over his face, his shoulders. He got in his car and fucking took off. And it, it, that was, oh, it's man. 50, 40 something years later. And I still hear people fucking say, you're the guy that pissed on the truant officer's head. Oh, man. Like, I did. Yep, yep. Well, 11 years old. You know what I wanted to uh, hear what? about was that 
time that you got away from the cops. Which time? <laughs> in the winter. In the winter, when you came back over and got oh, your car when fuck. they were looking for you. Gray day, as Jamie <laughs> called it. Jamie named my car, my brother Jamie. Oh, yeah, the Cutlass or something? Fucking 70, I think it was a 78 or 77 old Cutlass. I think frame. it was a 77 because I think the, the body style changed yeah. in 78. Had a 350 rocket in it, center console, black leather, gray, but it was an ugly gray. It was like battleship gray now. Yeah. Gray day. And I don't know what the fuck we were doing, but we were fucking flying. We were going down Highland Ave towards BJ's. Anytime you don't know what you're doing, but but you're fucking flying. You know something's coming. <laughs> I don't know what we were doing, yeah. but we were fucking flying. And Paul was fucking screaming. Even This is the same kid that drove through a fucking house with a limo, hit a telephone pole with me hanging off the fucking door. This kid was, he, he got the Stevie Wonder driving award like fucking four years in a row. And we're flying down towards BJ's and I lose control of my car. We spin around like three fucking times on Highland Ave. And the whole time we're spinning, I just kept the fucking gas knuckled and we came right out of it. And we go straight. He's like, what the fuck? We come down. We take a right leg. We're going down towards Meadow Glen Mall on that fucking street that comes to where Stop and Shop is in Medford now. Yeah. The street with the uh, Happy Haddock, that street? Yes. Riverside. Yes. We take that right. We come down. The last minute, he's like, take a left. We try and take a left. I go straight. I, By I, Rogers Radiator. Well, we were at the where, the, where Super Fitness is. Wait, were the, the cops already right behind now? you at this point? No. Oh, okay. All right. That's what I thought. I just wanted to make sure. And I tried to take the left, but we didn't fucking make it. And I went straight through the fucking parking lot, over the curb. So through you're the just fucking... driving like the cops are after you. Yeah. <laughs> but they're truly not after you yet. <laughs> not yet. Not no yet. reason for doing this. And No. We were, <laughs> yeah. Um, Salemwood Tavern. That might narrow it down. <laughs> we went through. A winter's night. Yeah, we went over the curb through the fucking fence and into the parking lot and none of my tires popped i had one rim that was like fucking wobbling and i ripped my fucking exhaust off from the headers all the way back so my car's like now going like so fucking loud he's like take me the fuck home so i start driving him home he lives on short street in medford we're shooting up Highland Ave. All of a sudden, state trooper fucking throws on his blues. Paul's like, oh, my God, we're fucked. I go, no, we're not. I fucking punch it. <laughs> Start fucking flying through neighborhoods, turn around, come back. I end up on Highland Ave. We pull over, and we ditch the fucking car. Paul runs to the left. He starts booting through backyards. Apparently, he jumped a fence and broke his fucking ankle. I found that, yeah. He jumps over this fence, six-foot fucking drop, boom, breaks his ankle. Because I, I, I figured that out when I got to his window later. I could see the drag marks from his fucking hoof dragging him <laughs> out. I took a right and ran through like three yards and like hunkered down. Trooper comes up. He's looking at the fucking car. He sees the footprints. He starts looking for fucking Paul. He's walking now. Lights are on. He's sitting behind my car. He's probably like 200 yards away. I fucking run over, jump in my car. Fucking take off, boot up, up the street, start flying through all these neighborhoods. I'm going down a street about 60 miles an hour, and I get to the, towards the end, and it says dead end. It's a cul-de-sac. And there's a fucking snowbank that's like fucking eight feet tall. I just bury my car into the snowbank and fucking ditch it and run. I cut through backyards. It took me like 45 minutes to get back to Paul's house. All of a sudden, I'm like banging on his bedroom window. He's, you see the, the eyes with the little fucking, the blinds. <laughs> I'm like, what me in? What me in? Comes to the door. He's like, my fucking ankle. Look at my ankle. I broke my fucking foot. <laughs> comes back, comes out, lets me in. I go, 
I, I ditched the car. You got to fucking take me home. He goes, you didn't get caught. No, 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 no. He gets his mother's car, fucking drives me home. The next day I get on, I go, we got to check and see if my car's still there. We drive around. All, I, I had no idea which neighborhood I ditched. I knew, I knew it was his parents' neighborhood, but I had no idea what street. We drive down the street and there's my car sitting like six feet up on a fucking snowbank, buried. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> called a tow truck, got it out and lived another day. <laughs> Good times. Gray day. Yeah, that was truly a gray day. <clears throat> but the uh the story about uh mom's uh renter there in uh Spring Street, Jim. <laughs> you were li- you were living back at Spring Street. I was living you had gotten custody of Sean back. Yeah, I was living back at Motel Hell. <laughs> what, y- what year circa like whatever? I would say it was 2020. Oh, 2021, because I was dating Wait a Tina. 2021? 2020? Yeah, that's what I meant. You 2001. mean 2000 or 2001? 2000 or 2001. <laughs> that's the fuck. Time machine. <laughs> now it works. <laughs> I've had a couple of whiskeys. I'm all right. Uh, yeah, so he used he's lived there on and off. This fella, Jim, family friend, had a brother, Tom, Mark. Snowy. Yeah, Tom was Snowy. That oh, was okay. his real yeah, name, yeah. was my, Snowy. My mother was friends with... Uh, their sister Diane. and all the brothers yeah. just kind of came along as a friendship. They were just one of those families, but they were one of the, also one of those families that would get kicked out of wherever they're fucking living and end up back at our house. Yeah. So Jim lived there on, on and off like fucking seven times, but he was off. He wasn't living there anymore. And he showed up like he thought he was living there and he's arguing with my mother. She's telling him to get the fuck out of the house. You know how she was. She was Oh yeah, very eloquent with her words. She's like, "You're a fucking loser. Get oh, yeah. the fuck out of the house!" Screaming at him at the front door. Sean's upstairs. He's like, "What's going on?" And Tina was over, and I'm like, "You should probably go home. You know, I gotta do homework with Sean because I knew this was this was clearly gonna go." Down <laughs> I never the heard this lead in about Tina being there. Oh, yeah. and she remembers him it. not living there. Okay. Yeah, we laugh about it. I knew it was gonna go fucking straight down the Jeff Donahue wormhole. So. I mean, it truly, it truly did. I can't believe there's this, it, it wasn't even a surprise to you. You kind of knew the night was going to turn yeah. into this. Wow. Well, cause I know Jim when he gets drunk. Oh, okay. Yeah. I get that. That tracks. And he's a big cat. You know what I mean? But when he's drunk, he's just fucking sloppy. Him and my brother, Jamie probably fought 15 fucking times. They always gave each other black eyes. And I was always, I'd walk in the house and always beat the shit out of me. But now I'm in my fucking thirties. I'm like, let's, let's play. So if my mother's yelling at him, she gets him out of the house. Tina leaves. 15 minutes later, he's fucking back there, opening the front door, yelling at my mother. And somehow he walked all the way up to the third floor because he thought he still lived on the fucking third floor. And she's going, get the fuck out of the house. Sean's crying in the room. And finally, I went upstairs. I go, listen, you're scaring the shit out of my son. Get the fuck out of the house. You don't live here anymore. And when he got drunk, he'd get in your face with this animated face. What are you going to do? Screaming in your fucking face. And I just jumped on his back like a fucking rabid animal and snuffed him out with a fucking red naked joke. And I started pulling him down the stairs. I'm like, all right, I'll get this fucker out. And the whole time I'm like, just wrenching on his neck. I throw him out the fucking front door, lock the front door. He starts banging on the doors. He's banging on the windows. No, mind you, it's like seven o'clock at night. It's winter time. Maybe, maybe November. I think it was. Cause it wasn't really cold out. There was no snow on the ground. And I'm like, what the fuck? He won't go away. He keeps banging on the doors, banging on the windows. So I go, fuck this. I get downstairs. I get a fucking aluminum baseball bat. I go out the cellar door up through the bulkhead, and I come around the front of the house, and he's at the front door, just fucking pounding on the door. Open the fucking door. I fucking, I'll kill you. You fucking, blah, blah, blah. 
I just sneak up behind him. I'm like, Psst. <laughs> and as soon as he turned around, I split his fucking wig with an aluminum bat, right? Like right down the top of his head, like an ax. And it opened, oh, it was God. like a butterfly, just fucking two uh. wings laying over. I'm like, oh, fuck. Don't you know this cocksucker took a knee? That's it. He didn't even go down. He took a knee and he <laughs> stood up. You know, I, I got on the stairs. There's like five or six stairs. I got on the stairs for the brick walkway. And he's like, now what are you going to do? I'm like, oh, fuck. This guy's going to. Oh, yeah. I mean, the one thing I'll say about that family, the brothers could all fucking fight. And they they could all take a beating, I can tell you that much. It doesn't matter if they were loaded laying on the ground. You could fucking kick them in the face, and they just keep getting up like idiots. So I squashed him over the fucking head. He's bleeding all over the fucking porch. He comes down. Now he's like, what are you going to do? I start swinging the bat at his face. And I never hit him in the face. I go, I'll fucking break you. I'll take your jaw off your face. I'm just swinging for the fences. And he's backing up. He's backing up. All of a sudden, I hear the cop car fucking, one of the neighbors saw it. Cop car's flying up the fucking street. I go running around the back, back in the house. Cops come. They're like, what are you doing? He's like, he hit me with a fucking bat. He hit me with the bat. I come downstairs five minutes later, I go out and it, it's an officer that I was just texting with a little while ago about another incident that happened at the Pearl street. Uh, so he shows up and, uh, they're like, what happened? I said, I don't know. I'm like, I think he fell down the stairs. Look at this blood all over the place. He's telling him I hit him in the head with a bat. I, I go, come on guy. I'm upstairs doing homework with my kid. I go, you don't even live here. Who is this guy? He's trying to break into the house. He fell down the stairs. So they did the honorary thing. And they were like, you can either go to the hospital or go to jail. You pick. And this went on for 15 minutes. I go, you guys good with me? I'm going to go back in the house, make sure my son's okay. He's very scared. Yeah. And I, I can go in the house. They tell it. He finally get him in the ambulance, take him to the hospital. And I remember talking to, we'll just call him officer George. And I said, you know, this prick's going to come back. I said, this, that's just the way they're built. He's coming back. And I think it was 5.30 in the morning, and Linda across the street calls me on the phone. Back then, we had landlines. And everyone in the neighborhood talked back then. I'm like, hello? She goes, your friend's back. <laughs> I'm like, who? She goes, Jim, he's back. I go, are you fucking shitting me? She goes, no, he's shaking the front door. He's checking the windows in the front, because you know the three windows in the front porch. Yeah. He's trying to get in there. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? So I grabbed... A forty-five, aka, I mean, a BB gun, because I'm not allowed to have handguns. <laughs> and I get out to the back door, and I, if you knew our house, the back door, if you unlock it, if you turn the handle too hard, you would catch your fucking knuckles in the fucking door, yeah, and you jam your knuckles. So I turned the handle, I opened it just so the door was just grabbing. So if he pushed it, it opened. Here he comes. I'm in the kitchen looking at him. He's coming up the fucking driveway. So I. Go in the back hall, shut the door from the kitchen. Now it's pitch black in there. He pushes the door, it opens, and I got it pointed right in his face. I go, morning, Jim. He was like, oh, no, 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 don't shoot me, man. <laughs> Just totally, he went from the biggest warrior you ever fucking met to... Patty Piddle Pants, because he did end up <laughs> pissing his fucking pants. I'm sitting there, and I just watched him fucking piss his pants. I go, you piss your fucking pants? And then I hear the cruiser, because Linda, after she called me, clearly called the cops. And you know that sound when the cruiser's coming up the street? <laughs> I hear that. <laughs> yeah. The I engine. Hear, you don't hear the siren. Yeah. You know Yeah, you know the, the yeah. engine. I hear that same sound, <laughs> and I go, your ride's here. And he just looks at me like, what? And I just take the fucking gun and I hit him with the butt end of the gun right oh. on his fucking on his, his head wound. was all bandaged up yeah like oh, the right. bicentennial yeah. soldier yeah 
right in the middle of his fucking bandages. And, uh, and you know that thing was leaking. Oh. I slam the door, lock it. Fucking cops come up. I go upstairs, fucking run upstairs, put my BB gun away. <laughs> I wait like three or four minutes. I can hear him outside. He fucking put a gun in my face. And the cop's like, you piss your pants? I come outside. I'm like, what the hell's going on out here? They're like, ah, oh, hey, Jeff, how you doing? Oh, this guy. I go, that's the same guy that you guys took out of here last night trying to break into my fucking house. I told you guys he'd be back. Read the reports. And he's going, he put a gun in my face. He put a gun in my face. And they took him, put him in the cruiser, took him out of there. And that's the last time we ever saw him. He never came back. So I want to say I probably helped him in his road to sobriety. Because he moved to New York after that and allegedly got sober. But I remember after it happened, his brother, his, you know, you know, his big brother, the one I'm talking about. Yeah. Six, seven told my brother, I need to talk to your brother because something happened. He knows what he did. And I'm like, oh fuck. Bob's a big kid. He's six, seven. This fucking kid will just punch your head off your shoulders. So I found out he was working at Mahoney's Rocky Legend, Winchester, and I just got in my car and drove over there. I said, hey, yeah, you want to talk to me? What the fuck did you do to my brother? I go, oh, it wasn't me. It was Antoine, kid that rents on the second floor upstairs, and he hit him in the head with the fucking bat. (laughs) So it wasn't you. I said, why would I do that? We're all fucking family here, you know? That was the end of that story. So good times. Antoine moved out. Well, that's oh, that one. I, I did not. I did not know it started early in the evening. Oh yeah, and I did not know that he didn't live there at the time. So that no. is a whole new, yeah, a whole new. Were color. you there at the time? Still? No, mm-hmm. no, no. I, I had moved out, but uh, I, I was familiar with stories like that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just one of them things. You're fucking. I'm, I'm just at home with my kid and my girl. Fucking, <laughs> let's do some business. homework maybe get a fucking pizza <laughs> you know a typical monday night eh, 10 minutes later someone's got fucking 20 staples in their head and I'm like, what the fuck that was spring street though motel hell yeah yeah it was we i have a picture a polaroid of him in 1983 christmas with mom yeah and someone actually asked me who that was recently someone i someone i know i can't remember who but i was like well it's weird they would ask who's jim you know, yeah, because it says oh. his name on the on the photo, and I'm like, <laughs> you're like, he's a human dream catcher. <laughs> <laughs> Although I, I gotta say, I couldn't sleep the fucking guy. If I got hit in the head with a bat, I'd probably curl up, shit my pants like a normal person. <laughs> wake up with a straw in your mouth. What happened? Yeah, not, it, not him. It when did you move over. out of there? What year? Uh, ninety six, I think. I moved out of there uh, when we got Molotov cocktail. Yeah. I re- and I was like, you know what? I think I moved out a month later. My mother had been, you know, constantly telling me she didn't want me in her house in colorful language. But I, were you the last to leave? I think so. I think yeah, when did Tracy leave? She I was left, the yeah, first she left to come before back. me because Tracy and Jeffrey shared an apartment together over yes, by Malden Courthouse. <laughs> oh no, kidding! Yeah, that didn't last. Well, she got an apartment and then Jeffrey moved in with her. I think is I, I don't know if that's the whole story. She was looking for a roommate. And I made it very clear that I'm probably not the best roommate, <laughs> but she wanted to get out of the house that bad. Yeah. And okay. Look, so you were in from day one. I, I was in from day one. Okay. And once one of the other folks in the apartment building got a shotgun in the face and she just didn't want to be roommates anymore. I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> so is there a story behind the Molotov cocktails? Oh yeah. Yeah. That was, I uh, didn't even know. Well, I kind of knew. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you guys knew who it was. It was, it was it ended up being, well, I was, I was sleeping. My bedroom kind of on the second floor jutted off the house about two feet. 
like that. So it had a skinny window on that little two foot piece that faced the sidewalk. And I, it was like midnight and, uh, came home. I was just going to go to bed and, uh, my pillow was essentially like right on the windowsill. That's the way my bed was. Mm -hmm. And anytime, you know, it was really quiet. You hear someone walking like Jeffrey used to do. You, you always got to look, see yeah. who it is. And so I, I, I look up, I hear someone walking down the sidewalk and the side of the house is right there. So all I saw was a shadow start to come and then it stopped and it was a long shadow on the sidewalk. And I'm like, hmm, why are they stopping? And I see a match and I'm like, oh, I, I see the, I see a little glow. I'm like, oh, lighting a cigarette. And then Flick I see a back. big glow and all I said, he, as he drew his arm back, that was far enough over that I could see an arm holding a Molotov cocktail. I couldn't see the Holy person. Shit. And right when he was throwing it, I just yelled, hey! like, in a, like loudest I could. Jamie, I think who lived two doors down at this point, he heard me. Um, and they, they Molotov cocktailed the front of the house and took off. So I just like, did it, it go in into it's no, like the, on the front door and oh, on okay. the porch. And uh, I went down, you know, ran down, woke up my mother, said, you know, the house is on fire, blah, blah, blah. And uh, sweet Jesus is a fire. Yeah, it didn't. It, the fire didn't make it far. It like didn't really do anything. Yeah. You know, it, I think we what you're not supposed to do, probably. I think we even used our hose on it. And that was kind of it, you know, because that's a gasoline fire. So uh, yeah, maybe, water. Yeah, yeah. maybe it okay. would still burn and run, right. run somewhere else a little right. bit. But uh yeah, we found out, I think it had to do with, we had a, a, a renter upstairs on the third floor that was a tattoo artist, and it was someone that was after him, you know. It, there was a lot of uh, collateral damage from having renters. Yeah. yeah. The, the kind of, the quality of renters, the caliber of right. renters you get in a rooming house. Yeah. And, and it's comical because I know who the guy was that threw it, and I'm friends with him on Facebook now. Oh, man. He did some serious time in California for carving a few fellas up. You probably know who it is. Yeah, I think you guys found out who it was. Yeah. You know. And once I found out the story, it was like, what, you know, you can't blame the kid, but I don't think he knew that we lived there. Oh, um, gotcha. You know what I mean? He thought this it was this guy's fucking house. He, it wasn't intentional to us, so it's like based on some of the things that my family members have done, not me, of course, because I'm like the middle child i wouldn't do that stuff <laughs> you kind of you kind of gotta take the sum of all things and say all right i probably would have done the same fucking thing <laughs> but you got to do your homework you gotta know what you're fucking yeah. throwing shit at you know what i mean yeah, yeah. You if you're gonna you throw one of those you should yeah if you're gonna do a late night mission yeah you've got to have your bases yeah. covered you know yeah because i know if it was if it was a message for my family somebody would have had broken legs and we would have right. burnt something yeah, yeah. Well, would've. somebody would have. I mean, not us, but yeah. somebody. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. you do a little bit of recon before you do something like that. <laughs> you, <laughs> you would think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's mandatory for late night, especially. Yeah. There was a McCarran party story, too, the last time that didn't get Oof. talked about that he had a party at his house and something he went did. on. I think it was Mark's 30th birthday party, and his ex-wife, she had it at the Somerville Sports Club. I think that's what it was called, a Somerville something. It was a big club in Somerville. <laughs> Right on, if you left Sullivan Square and just went straight, whatever that street was, Washington, Washington Street, all the way up on the left. I think it was Somerville Sportsman's Club or something like that. Yeah, there's a holiday in there. Yes, past yeah. the holiday Inn on the left. It was that club that was right before the bridge on the left. So she rents this fucking club, has this fucking big party, Mark's 30th birthday. So while we're at the 30th birthday party, apparently his brother Mark, who hangs around with all kids three years younger than us, it was like, Sean. Yeah, Sean, Sean, but I'm not going to say the names. I'll only yeah. say one name that was there. It was some 
Big cats, the football team. You can do the math. Yeah. Three years younger. And so we're at the fucking party, and Mark's ex-wife, her friend that she worked with, was being a fucking cunt to everyone, just talking to us like we were shit. You know what I mean? Sitting at a table, having beers, like, oh, these are fucking husband's friends. What a pack of fucking losers. Just being a cunt. So I look at Mark and Gary and Paul. I go, you know, I want to get up, and I want to smash this fucking cake right in her face, this birthday cake. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Paul's like, you won't. And Mark's ex-wife comes over and goes, you know what? None of us like her. Go ahead. I go, oh, really? So I walk over. I pick up a sheet <laughs> None cake. None of us like her. She's sitting in a fucking chair. I take the sheet cake, and I just wrap it around her face, like, <laughs> all over her face. <laughs> no. Oh, yeah. Party over. We go back to McCarran's house. <laughs> and we get there, and his brother, Sean's got a party in full effect. Next thing you know, Gary's in the front hall, fucking fighting with some big dude. You guys know him, John. And Gary's a crafty motherfucker. They're arguing. He goes, you want to go? Gary's got his fucking car keys stuffed between his knuckles all sticking out. He's got him in the stairway just fucking punching him like into like he's softening a meatball, punching him in the face. It's a big kid, too. Yeah, and Gary's <laughs> just fucking wailing him. And I remember I had a cane because I had tried to jump those cars on a dirt bike and fractured my hip. <laughs> <laughs> That's another story. I thought it was evil can evil. And so we get up there, Gary starts fucking fighting him, beating the brakes off him. I'm in the fucking kitchen with a cane, and his buddy, which you guys all know, his name is Rob, and uh, he turns around and looks at me and goes, you better stay out of this. I go, do I look like I'm ready to fucking fight? So as soon as they're fucking banging each other out the fucking stairway, turns around, I pick up a fucking five-gallon bottle of spring water. I walk up behind him, I'm like, <laughs> right off the back of his head, over the railing, down the fucking stairs. Gary gets them all outside. They all fucking leave. We'll be back. The whole fucking party empties out. It's me, Sean McCarran, Mark McCarran, and Mark's first wife. Next thing you know, they're banging on the fucking door like an hour later. They apparently had, were walking up. They lived on Kernwood Terrace. It was a little dead end, two street fucking thing. They were on the second floor. They rented the first floor out. They're on the back porch banging on the fucking door. I go, hey, guys, I guess they're here for their fucking pound of flesh. And apparently before they came up, they had beat up a neighbor and gave him the biggest black I have ever seen on a fucking person. Because <laughs> oh, afterwards, man. he's like, look what they did to me. I'm like, oh, you should have stayed in your fucking house, dude. Yeah. They're banging on the door. I said, I'll go out. I open the door. I go, I guess you guys are here to fucking fight. And it was Brian, Eddie, Oh, boy. Chugga. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. and I can't forget who the fucking fourth person was. And they just started throwing bombs at me. And I'm just fucking swinging for the fences. But I, I know there's no fucking winning. Throwing punches, throwing punches. And finally, I fucking hit the ground. But they didn't get any good shots on me. It's like hit me in the side of the head, in the forehead. So you had Eddie <laughs> O'Brien. Chugga, which was... uh, And and probably Mucko was probably... No, no, Mucko wasn't there. He wasn't there? I can't think of who the first person was. Maybe it was Smitty. I'm not sure. But I hit the ground, and I remember there on the second floor on the porch, I grabbed Chugga's legs, and I fucking grabbed his legs, and I stood up, and I fucking tossed him over the second floor railing. (laughs) And he landed. And it's funny, because he brought this up a couple years ago on Facebook, calling me a bully. And he, I threw him off the second floor fucking porch, and he landed on a fucking car hood below, parked out back. Boom! The whole place stopped. And I remember pointing to my face. I go, you guys didn't even fucking get me. You didn't get me. And then Mark comes down. He's got a shotgun with him. Oh, I go, boy. give me the gun. I grab the gun. I rack it. 
The thing probably doesn't have any fucking <laughs> shells in it. But it sounds good. Yeah, I'm like, click, click. They all fucking run. I'm like, you want some of this? And that was the end of the fucking fight. That was a Riccadelli tactic, yeah. by the oh, way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I went in the house. I looked like a fucking blueberry muffin. I had welts all over my fucking head. I'm like, they might have got me, but my face still looks fucking good. <laughs> and after that, it was like, I thought it was going to go sideways. So, you know, Gary ended up fighting two or three times after that. And then everyone told me to fucking fight you and i'm like all right so one night we all went to golden buddha one night the whole fucking family i don't know why we went there the buddha yeah linden square it was like my mother my sisters my brother we all went to the buddha for something uh-huh. and, and i remember john was in there and i'm like oh my god this fucking kid wants to fight me what the fuck and he's a big kid he probably would have cleaned my clock he walks in the bathroom i'm like fuck it i walk in the bathroom i go listen I'm here with my fucking family. You want to fight me? Let's fucking bang it out right here. I go, you try and come out and fuck with me in front of my family. I'm going to come back in like two weeks and shoot you in the face. He goes, I don't want to fight you. I'm like, fucking right you don't. And I walked out. <laughs> I was so fucking relieved that he, <laughs> that he didn't want to fight me. because He was like a, he was like a uh, smaller Danny Jones. Yeah. That whole group of fucking kids. So <laughs> they were that like jokes. Brian. All his fucking friends, all the guys that hung around with those kids, they were fucking monsters. They were tough yeah. fucking kids. They were all good kids, but they yeah. were fucking tough. And, I, you know, I went to St. Rocco's this year, and I hung out and drank beers with all of them. I mean, you look at it now, you're like fucking teenagers. You're like, it was all good fucking fun. Yeah. But <laughs> if those kids ever got serious and wanted to fucking just, like, start racking up fucking points on beating us up, <laughs> we thought we were the shit. We're like, yeah, we'll fuck you all up. Dude, I, I, Malden was a, had a lot of tough kids in yeah. growing up. I think yeah. we were more in their head than anything because we were older. They're like, oh, fuck, these kids might be crazy. Now they're looking at it going, we should have fucked them all up. But they, you <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, well, yeah, you look back. Yeah. You can do the math a little bit more clearly. Right. It's just like the older kids are in our fucking head. We're like, I look at them now. I'm like, I could have mushed you back in the day. Yeah. But th- that that was a big two, fucking crowd. Two years, three years made a big difference back then. Now when yeah. you're our age, it's like, uh, right. there's really no difference. And Brian's doing fucking phenomenal. It's like on a business. Friday night, they'll be dressed to kill. Down at Dino's Bar and Grill. The drink will flow and blood will spill. And if the boys want to fight, you better let them. That you box in the corner, blasting out my favorite song. The nights are getting warmer, it won't be long. Won't be long till summer comes. Now that the boys are here again. 